For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. And Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Hello, Richard. Thank you for doing this special simulcast episode with me tonight. I'm going to read you my horoscope from today's paper. Okay. It says, your good taste will be called on to host or assist a friend in hosting tonight. (laughs) Well, I am happy to be part of the good taste. Thank you very much. Well, I am so thrilled that you're doing this. And tonight, everyone, we are simulcasting not only on my channel, but on Danielle's channel. This is a first, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, So whatever channel you're on, welcome uh, and thanks for being here. Uh, I will talk for a moment about how this show came to be, and then we're going to jump right in. Uh, I announced uh, a few weeks ago, well, I'm going to back up for a moment. When Elon Musk came on to Twitter, and I am not getting political anyone, so don't even get nervous for the new people that are here. When Elon Musk came on to Twitter, uh, there were major changes that took place. And uh, a lot of the changes were eliminating uh, the truth uh, seek, uh, the truth uh, seekers. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Truth seekers, uh, yes. Yes, uh, on the network. Uh, also, uh, I have been on Twitter for a long, long, long time. And being on Twitter for a long time, uh, one of the uh, goals that you aspire to was getting that blue check mark, because that blue check mark legitimized uh, the fact that I was a real person and that I was not a bot, and that I had proven my worthiness on Twitter. And by eliminating that and just saying that if everyone pays eight dollars a month, everyone could have a blue check mark, and all of a sudden, all of these fake accounts started like out of the woodwork coming up, coming up. I used Twitter for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to promote Richard Skipper Celebrates. I would go on each morning. I would promote who was going to be on the show that night. And uh, Tesla Bella, who does the voiceovers for all of these shows, you heard her voice at the beginning of this one. Uh, I called her and I told her that I was leaving Twitter And she said that she would do the same thing. Uh, And we both left in solidarity. Uh, And then uh, I announced, uh, well, she told me that next for me would be Facebook. And she left Facebook eight years ago. And she said it was the greatest thing that she ever did. And a light bulb went off over my head and I made a decision that I too would leave Facebook. As the show progresses, you will know the changes that I've made in that department. Uh, I am leaving Facebook to a certain extent, but not completely. Uh, So for those of you who have been wondering, is he actually gonna leave? Is he not gonna leave? Will he stay? Will he not stay? That's the conundrum. Uh, I am just setting boundaries because both Danielle and I, are empaths. As an empath, uh, I really soak in everything around me. Um, And there are, I just learned through my other co-host, Kasira McKee, 
Uh, we do the Let That Go show on Sunday nights. Shameless plug that I'll put that in there. Uh, and uh, I learned about um, uh, these vampires uh, that really suck the energy out of us. And I found that a lot of things that were popping up in my feed on Facebook were actually sucking the energy out of me. And recently, uh, the director of my last show that I performed before COVID set in uh, died um, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, a friend of mine, I didn't see it on Facebook. It didn't pop up in my feed. I didn't know anything about it. And then uh, a friend of mine just casually said, too bad about Jay. And I said, what are you talking about? Jay who? And he said, Jay Rogers passed away. Well, I immediately called my musical director. And if my musical director is watching, he knows that I'm not outing him because we talked about this. Um, I called him and he says, well, darling, I figured you would know because you're always on Facebook. Well, number one, I'm not always on Facebook. And number two, um, it, it struck a chord with me because I feel that these postings that we are putting on social media, I'm speaking from my own observation, you're all entitled to agree or disagree with me. Uh, but I feel that a lot of us have reached a point where these postings are taking the place of real life events rather than getting together and grieving and mourning and commiserating with each other, even with a phone call. Uh, we are utilizing posting a photograph with that person after they passed away or posting events that have happened in our lives, that that somehow takes the place of, you know, or it will fill a void people feel. And then they go on to the next item and there's uh, in the newsfeed. And I have just reached a point where I feel I don't need to see another photograph of someone's food. I don't need to see another photograph of someone sitting in the theater holding their playbills. I don't need to see a lot of things because these are not, to me, open door posts that people are posting, especially when I have friends that come into town and they are posting after they've left town about all the events that they did rather than reaching out to say, I'm, in, I'm gonna be in town for a few days. Would you like to get together and let's do this? Or would you like to join me for dinner rather than posting a photograph of the dinner that they've had? Or would you like to join me as I go to the theater? Or would you like to join me as I do these things? And I would find that as these things would pop up in my feed each day, each time I would see them, I would, and there's this FOMO thing going on, fear of missing out, that I would go, well, why am I not a part of this? Or what is this? And I also, and perhaps this is something we will talk about tonight, and I would love to hear the comments from everyone watching tonight as well, but also, what is it within us that if someone is in their pajamas at five o'clock in the afternoon that they need to put a post, I'm still in my pajamas? nothing else, just that statement. Or the idea of social media, we have this idea that you post something and your friends are seeing it. Well, because of the algorithms of Facebook and social media, um, the truth of the matter is, sorry to break this news, everyone, I've done the research, 85 to 90% 
of your friends and followers will never see that post. And therefore, when we post something and we don't get a like or a comment or a share, it gets us down. And you talk about these dopamine uh, hits that we get from the likes that we get. And people are going, well, no one ever likes my, uh, my post or no one ever does this. And I, you know, since I have decided to break away from this and I really have delved into how this is all set up, I am blown away by what I'm finding on Facebook in terms of what we see, what we don't see, what is out there. Uh, last year, I lost one of my dear friends uh, and I threw a memorial uh, celebration for her last July. And for eight months, I put reminders about this event. And I told everyone who saw this, please share, please share, please share. I would venture to say that less than 5% of the people that I asked to share it ever shared it. And then after it was all over, uh, I can't begin to tell you how many people said, well, I never saw it. I never knew that it was happening. A friend of mine was performing in New York on Saturday night. I knew nothing about it, but he posted something on Monday and I said, I would have been there. I, I knew nothing about this. And I think that this is, um, you know, we are all being led down a path with Facebook and there's a team of people out there who are controlling this. And I truly have made a choice that I am going to be in control of how I am going to respond to this, how I'm going to react to this, and where I fit in. And that is my opening monologue for the night. Danielle, <laughs> it's all yours. Well, there's a lot to break down there. So we may jump around a little bit. And I do want to let people know um, that I will be responding to those questions as well. So we will maybe scroll back a little bit. Um, I know someone had said they wanted more of characteristics or um, qualities of an empath. So we'll address that as well. But I want to first address Richard's monologue here. Um, I think the, the first thing that really came to me while you were speaking, Richard, is sometimes we everything you're learning right now is very important for you. In, in my world, everything in our worlds and realities is a mirror and a teaching tool to learn about ourselves. So right now, you've finally woken up, in my opinion, you've finally woken up out of the level where you're being clouded uh, and going down the same entropy path of social media. And so you're really seeing clearly the ways that it's not healthy. And so you're taking a stand for you, which is really important and crucial that you're able to do. You're able to talk about it and, and have a conversation so you let people know where you're coming from. Uh, I think sometimes we also forget that um, not enough people take the time or come to this awakening step like you have, in my opinion, uh, to set an intention with what they want their relationship with social media to be. Now, some people who do this as a business do take the time to set the intention. And this is where you have the people that take it very seriously in terms of saying, I have rules. I, I post these types of things only. I post these types of things on my grid. You know, there are celebrities who are very famous for having a certain color scheme on their grid or something like that. So some people take intentions for social media and they make their boundaries very rigid and clear with how they want to interact 
what their goal is for having a social media and the types of things that their followers, friends, family, whatever can expect to see from them. Um, that's good. Sometimes that goes too far as well, in my opinion. Um, but the rest of us and the great majority of people do not actually set an intention for the relationship that we want with social media. So what ends up happening is we start um, developing that based on social norms and based on our echo chamber and kind of following what we see other people either in our community or other people in our line of work or the types of people that we like, we start following what they're doing. And it becomes very, very normalized to do things like, um, you know, post your food or post what you're doing. It also becomes very unsafe um, because if you're actually posting what you're doing as you're doing it, to some degree, it can be nice to connect with people and show them what you're doing live. To another, it can be taken advantage of if you have people like stalkers or if you have people like um God, goddess forbid, thieves or people that are trying to keep track of where you are and what you're doing. That became very popular with Twitter years ago as well, where if people were posting they were on vacation, people would look up, uh, you know, the home locations and go and steal from people's homes. And that um, happened to a friend of mine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very common. So you have to learn to develop. Where do I want my line? That line is going to be drawn differently for every person. Where do you want your line to be? Do you like sharing things live? Remember, from an energetic standpoint, if you're sharing things live as they're happening, it is a form of energetic invitation to allow those people's energies into the things you're sharing. Um, this is a discussion I had recently with some of my group in um, magical and spiritual practice. If they're posting their prayer rituals or manifestation rituals or something, sometimes people forget if you post that sort of thing live, you're tainting the energy of what you're doing with everyone who has the potential to see it. So uh, I know- I want you to stop for a moment. Okay. Would you repeat what you just said? because yes. not only do I believe that you're tainting those rituals, but I believe that you're tainting the experience true. of true life experiences. Uh, when I go out to dinner with my friends, my phone is in, in the car. I don't take it out into a restaurant. I don't, uh, you know, going to a Broadway show nowadays, um, it's almost inevitable that a cell phone is going to go off at a pivotal moment in the show, robbing Every single person who bought a ticket from that moment of having, uh, you know, and of course that's cell phones and that's a whole other thing. But there are people who rather than just sitting back and enjoying a show are sitting filming everything rather than really being in the moment of what's happening. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, that's where we need Patty Lapone to have a full-time job, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> But, but uh, it's, it's very true. We have this thing where uh, we don't actually even form memories the same if we are seeing them through a lens. So I think this is where we actually have the benefit of short-term videos being popularized now because I see it as one form of reminder. You can take a video 10 to 15 seconds, that's the norm right now. There's a whole different dopamine thing about that that we can discuss that I'm not a fan of, but I am a fan that short form videos have become popular in terms of, okay, take a few seconds of content, you have it for your memories or your memory book or your posts or whatever, 
spend the rest of the time focus because you're not actually forming that memory when you're filming it. You're forming the memory of doing the filming. And as I was saying, you know, if it's something like a ritual, like a prayer, like a memorial um, or any form of manifestation, you are inviting other people's energies at play uh, by inviting them in through video form. So if anyone does that, and I know these things can be beautiful to look at and so aesthetically pleasing. But what I recommend is do those sorts of things and then wait a period of time to fill it. Allow the manifestation to come to pass. I know we get so afraid as, as a lot of people, um, I know you have a lot of full moon and, and new moon fans. So a lot of people do things around that time and then they feel like, oh, I have to post it because it's the, the full and new moon. And it won't make sense otherwise. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. What matters is you allowed it to come to fruition for the universe and for you. And then when and if you want to share it, you can share it in another way. And there's no harm in saying this was filmed such and such date and you're keeping your energy safe and protected. That's wonderful. Now, Tony Adams, you've yes. been waiting patiently. Yes. Uh, and we both can talk about this because... Uh, I mean, I'll go first because you, know, you uh, are such an expert, uh, expert in this area. So an empath. Um, an empath is someone who has in awakened abilities and innate abilities to be attuned to understanding and picking up on the energies of the universe, of the ethers, some people like to say, and of the energy of others. So there are different types of empaths, actually. Um, highly sensitive peoples and empaths share similar qualities. So these things are being neurologically studied as well and actually do prove that our nervous system and our nerves do pick up on things differently. We have a different pain response and we have a different reaction time than people who would not be classified as empaths or highly sensitive peoples. Um, we get overwhelmed more easily and we tend to need different ways and uh, times to recharge and replenish our energies. There's also a uh, frequency component where empaths tend to be a light, a beacon of light, and an attractant to other types of energies. Now, empaths have an innate natural ability to replenish their energy within themselves from source or from the earth. We need to learn how to do this more healthily, but eventually it does happen. There are people out there like energy vampires that you were speaking about, like narcissists, and like what my guides and I call dark empaths who actually don't have this ability opened up within them to replenish their own energy. So their only ways of replenishing their energy are to keep feeding their karma and their wounding and to try to feed off of the energy of others. They constantly need and seek validation. They may be very codependent or may be very attention seeking and may act back like a child if we don't give them our attention and our our energy or if and when we start to set boundaries with that. So that is because of what I call the narcissist empath polarity. We're kind of two ends of the spectrum where the, the narcissists and the dark empaths can't really create. Eventually they could if they wanted to and worked on themselves, but they're not willing to do that yet. And the empaths are naturally creative. So we have a lot of highly creative or performer types or artists um, who are empaths and they eventually use this ability to attune to things to be able to attune to different 
different parts of their soul, their higher self or the universe and bring things into being or creation. But this is also where we tend to struggle with things like burnout, um, being taken advantage of by other people mm -hmm. and uh, not really knowing how to respect and replenish our energy sometimes or being all or nothing when it comes to energy. And the other big thing is boundaries uh, yes. because that is a big, you know, uh, uh, component in this. You know, it's very interesting. You know, a few years ago, uh, I was doing a show uh, off Broadway and uh, someone uh, called me up and she said, you know, I feel that you're posting too much about your show. And I was posting about my show every other day. I would post about the show. When we see a commercial on TV, they don't show it one time and then it disappears. And, but when you post something and you don't know, you have no clue as to how many people are seeing it or not seeing it, um, it's hard to gauge if, uh, am I posting too much or am I not? It just turned out that my posts were showing up in her feed on a regular basis. They were not showing up in everybody else's feed on a regular basis. And I called a friend of mine who was a well-known Broadway uh, publicist. And I said, when is it too much? Uh, when have I posted too much about my show? And do you know what a response was? Hmm. After the show closes. Yes, because that's a perception. We have to remember everything is coming from someone's perception. Now, even everything you said in your monologue, while you know, I agree personally with a lot of it, that's currently your perception from your current perspective and from your standpoint where you are in your healing journey. Now, enough is very difficult because enough is going to be different for every person. Mm -hmm. She was probably being triggered by her own self-worth issues about your confidence to be able to post mm -hmm. uh, as often as you were. And she triggered your own um, self-guessing and self-doubting mechanism to see when it's appropriate and not. That's something else about empaths is that we are both born and a lot of us come in with that we feel we're on mission to help the world or help the planet or help others around us, but we are also made. And actually, after everyone tunes in here tonight at nine o'clock, I have a chat and channel session, my podcast going live, where we can deep dive for about a half hour fully on how empaths are born and made and utilizing empathic abilities and, and our projection ability as a superpower. But in simplified terms, we are also made by the environments that we grow up in. And our nervous systems actually adapt to be more empathic if we are born and raised with caretakers who are struggling with a lot of their own issues, who either don't have boundaries, uh, certainly don't teach them, or don't respect them. And if they don't illustrate ways to uh, take care of their own needs and boundaries and teach us and respect us and our and our needs, then we can develop um, this codependent way of being an empath, especially if the caretakers are um, struggling with their own issues. If they are maybe narcissists, very common for empaths to be born to a narcissistic parent, or if they have some other form of personality disorder or addictive um, 
quality, if there's unrest or lack of foundation within the home, the highly awakened soul or empath will develop this ability to attune to the negative and to the needs of the emotionally immature or emotionally unavailable parent. And then we develop our empathic gifts and abilities uh, to be adapted to pick up on the negative and constantly attune or absorb the negative before we utilize and absorb and pick up on the positive because we were taught that nobody else in the family was going to do it. So we stepped into that role of doing it. You've just sung my song. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> no, it's it's so funny that I mean that you mentioned that because so many times I feel if I don't step up to the plate, uh, no one else is going to do it. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure that a lot of people that are sitting here, I, I'm sure I can, if I say thumbs up, if you feel that way, we're going to get a lot of thumbs up on this. Yeah. Uh, we all go through a life feeling this. Uh, for me, there are days where I get up, uh, I. I am a real proponent of uh, The Artist Way uh, by uh, Julia Cameron. Uh, I get up every morning. I do my morning pages. I go for a walk. And then I sit down and I will go on uh, Facebook uh, to promote uh, or about that day's show or something. And something, Rosa Puzo, God bless Rosa Puzo, uh, who is my assistant, um, because we commiserate with each other all the time. and But almost daily, there is something there that will send me down a rabbit hole. And, it, and, I, and I am absolutely aware of what those triggers are. On Monday, on our roundtable, I asked uh, our guest, what triggered you? And I was proud to say that two of our guests talked about the positive things that triggered them. Right. Uh, I want to ask you if I am if I'm not putting you on the spot, um, if there are things that trigger you either positively or negatively on Facebook. Tonight's the night to talk about it. Yeah, actually, I didn't really have much of a relationship with Facebook in particular. Um, I was of the generation where when Facebook came out, uh, you had to be going to a college to join. Uh, I was still in high school when Facebook came out and then eventually they upgraded it while my, my class and I were still in high school that you could add, um, what high school you were in. So nobody really could have a Facebook unless you were joined with that school component. Like it was invented. I was very resistant to social media. I did not actually have any social media until 2018. And, uh, I made that to utilize and connect with worldwide clients. I actually started YouTube first and then Instagram. Uh, and then I only had a Facebook because I needed it to be a business on Instagram. And so actually you are the one who inspired me to be posting on Facebook more when we did our first show. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because... Blame it on me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but it's true because I would just share my posts from Instagram over to Facebook. I never really liked the the vibe and the energy of, of Facebook. And I still, I, I tell people, I'm, and you guys know this, um, I don't stay logged into Facebook. This is my boundaries that I've set up. Feel free to copy them if they speak to you. I do not have the Facebook app. I never have. 
I personally don't like the messaging system. I don't like that it automatically pops up. That's something that was a key component designed for our brains um, to try to keep people engaged and engage with that dopamine. I don't like that sometimes people can um, message you if if they don't know you and, and try to send explicit messages and things like that. I'm just really not that big a fan of it. So my way of having relationship is I, I love it more now because people can utilize links and they can click links and I could share videos. So those parts I love, but I tell everyone, I, I don't have it on my phone. I don't stay logged in. I'm only on Facebook certain key times, sometimes not even every day. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking to get a hold of me, I am available through Instagram, which I have the app for. I can get back more quickly there. Um, or, you know, if people have my phone number or my email, if they're clients or friends. Um, and people know sometimes there is pushback because me having that boundary is not normal to most people. So most people don't understand if their message is going to sit there for a few hours or a day or two because that's not my normal logged in place, even if I've explained it to them. So it can trigger people um, if they're not answered right away. And now, especially as someone in my line of work, um, there are moments sometimes where my DMs will be flooded with people that feel like they have a right to you or to your information um, because you step out into this field publicly or in any sort of authority. And There are very few boundaries on social media for most people, especially if it's someone like myself who talks Mm -hmm. about and helps people with self-development. But this can help anyone really in terms of everyone needs to be willing to develop their own system with how they have boundaries with social media. And hopefully everyone can come to a place where we're more understanding and considerate of the perspective of the other person. If the other people are not constantly available in all places at all times, which no one could or should be, you know, if we can't get back to messages within a certain time period, that should be respected and understood unless it's an emergency, in which case, hopefully you're close enough with the person that you have another way to get in touch with them. Um, and understanding this, uh, a little bit this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, first of all, in France, uh, some companies, there are laws in place now that employers are not able to reach out to their employees uh, after 5 p.m. The day, work day is over, that's it. They go about their lives and I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and you know, perhaps it would be great. I had someone on uh, one of my creativity shows with Dr. Bloom uh, earlier this year and she created a day of blackout uh, that she did this for her children, basically to get them off of social media yeah. for 24 hours. And I think it would be uh, great if uh, social media would shut down for 24 hours. But people, uh, we live in this uh, instant gratification world. And I think that it really escalated on 9-11 because I remember when 9-11 happened, things were happening so fast that nobody knew uh, when the next shoe was going to drop, so to speak. Yeah. And not only were we seeing the news, but if you remember that day, um, 
you were seeing split screens for the first time and you were seeing the, the Krylon on the bottom of the screen uh, reporting the news as it was happening. And every, because we were getting news from the West Coast and the East Coast and uh, Washington, D.C. and uh, the area where the plane crashed in Pennsylvania. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, and it was just coming at us at such a rapid rate that I think that that um, incredible moment in our in our lives changed the way that uh, the media uh, was happening. And of course, when CNN came along, no one believed that there would be a network that people would be interested in for 24 hours. Just to give a little history, you know, if you've seen the social network, everybody knows that Facebook started as a dating app, essentially, for colleges, and then eventually started to grow. The the average person on Facebook now is 55 and older. Um, kids are not really utilizing this the way that older people are utilizing this. Uh, they're going to TikTok, and I think that's going to be going away very soon, uh, based on everything that I'm starting to hear. Uh, but there, I mean, there are also, you brought up a very interesting point about uh, the boundaries, that if you don't get an instant response, uh, you know, I've had people uh, say to me, uh, I, I will, they will send me something. And because I didn't see it, uh, I have been cut off from people. Uh, years ago, uh, a, a friend of mine, his mother passed away and I never saw it on Facebook and he blocked me. And I did not even know that he had been blocked until I went to send him an invitation to a Christmas party. And I couldn't, and I called him and he said he didn't want to ever hear from me again because when his mother passed away, um, I didn't reach out to him. Yeah. And this, this is where we get lazy because, um, see part of the agenda, not to be too conspiracy, but part of the agenda as the creators of Facebook or meta, as it's known now have talked about is that they want people on these platforms. Now, mm -hmm. um, the past couple of years, there've also been, um, publicized, um, trials where the government is asking questions of these platforms based on, um, things that people are concerned about, such as data mining and data tracking and all of that. But, uh, a positive side of that trial and the information we got is that there are neuroscientists that are employed by these companies to build the app and the algorithm in a way that will, uh, interact with our dopamine response. Our dopamine is that feel-good reward system chemical within our nervous system. And we can have learned behaviors that trigger that. So especially addicts will know or ADD or ADHD people will know about the importance of dopamine response system. And these apps and social networks are built to try to keep us online and keep in uh, interacting with that reward response so we stay on longer and longer. Now, in order to do that, they also have to adjust the societal norm that it is normal to constantly be available, to constantly share everything that's in your head or in your world or in your life. Uh, that's dangerous to a lot of people's mental health, um, which has already been illustrated, you know, especially with the younger generations that don't remember the times when you called someone on the phone. And if they weren't home, you had to leave them an answering machine message or message with their family or whatever. And you had to wait. Danielle, I'm going to go even further back. Yeah. I grew up at a time where you didn't have answering machines. Right. 
So if you called and uh, if you called, if somebody was on the phone, you got a busy signal uh, or you if they were not at home, you did not leave a message. Right. You would just have to try again later. And uh, quite frankly, I miss that. Yeah. I, and, you know, even with letters and, and uh, you know, older forms of communication, we used to have more patience because we understood that there were mechanisms in place that the people had to wait for in order to interact with us again and get back to us. Now there have been mechanisms built that are supposed to make us constantly available. And people get very offended if we're not constantly available. We have a uh, this way where we feel like we have to apologize if we can't get back to someone. You had someone on your show a few months ago. She was an author and um, she talked about the fact that she had, I think, up to four days. She put in all her emails. She had up to four days to get back to people and she made that known um, so that I think Sorry, I don't remember who it was right now, but she was an author, um, a self-development author. And I loved that. I thought it was really healthy. And it, it's something, I mean, I, I usually say up to two days now, but mm -hmm. I think it's really important um, because people need to understand, especially if we're running a business or we're running our families or whatever, we, we can't jump to respond to everyone. And realistically, not everything is a priority that needs an instant response. You never know, like you always say, what someone else is going through. You don't know what their world or day is like or their life structure is like. And as long as they make time for you and make you feel important during the time that you have together, even if that's not on your timeline or time frame, I think that should be more understood and respected. I'm going to put that on the screen okay. uh, because that's a very important thing to say. Um, not everything is a priority. Yeah. And that and is it's hard for some people to hear because everybody wants that validation of being the priority, but not being the priority does not mean that someone doesn't care. It means you may not fully understand what they have going on in their life, in their health, in their business, in their family, or in their world at the moment. Yeah, it's very important that we that we do once again set these boundaries. You know, I mentioned. Uh, you know, I work for um, an answering service, um, and when a casting director would call us, they would call us with a list of actors that would fit a specific role, and then my job was to uh, beep all of those actors, and the first ones that got back would be the ones who would get the go see and get to go in and meet the casting director and most likely, you know, get an audition or get a chance to be seen. And if people didn't get back, um, uh, you know, uh, they, they would not uh, get, you know, the job. And, uh, you know, you, you have to respect the prior, uh, you, the, the boundaries of everyone else. Um, when I shut down after my show and I send everything to Leo Rodriguez, who you were on with last night, yes. who puts everything into uh, an audio file so that it can go onto my podcast, I shut my computer off. Yeah. And my phone is off because I want to enjoy my evening at home. And I mean, one other area, being an empath, that I have to cut out is watching late night news. Because I am really picking up the energy of this city. And the energy of this city is not good right now. 
And, yeah. Well, uh, I want you to listen to the podcast that's coming out at nine tonight because there's a lot in there about how we can turn that dial. See, we have this tendency where because we were the healers of our family and the responsible ones for our family, we have an automated response to pick up on the negative. People forget if you can pick up on the negative, you can pick up on the positive. But we don't do that naturally anymore because we have been trained to pick up on and try to help with the negative. So we need to learn the process and do whatever healing we need to do to turn that dial back to the positive and experiencing and receiving from the positive. Well, I will tell you something. Doing this show, and I'm, you know, I've done almost 700 of these. And my message, as everyone knows that's here, and you know it as well, yeah. is a positive message. Um, and then I look uh, at like the Steve Bannons of the world um, who make millions of dollars, you know, spewing this negativity. And right now, you know, America woke up this past week and said, you know, we're going to go down a different path. But there are still people that are still on that path. And I don't understand why in this world we are living in a world now where it's all about winning rather than running for office because you want to make a positive change in the world. And maybe I'm naive, but I seem to remember a time when the people that I thought were running for office were running for office, and there are some of them out there uh, that were running for office because they wanted to make a positive change in the world. And I wish that we could get away from liberals and conservatives and really focus on people who are running to make positive changes in the world. That's who I want to vote for. I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative, as long as that's your agenda. Well, I think we have to remember the system has been set up to be divisive. And so we are in a time where we are ideally focusing enough on our own healing that we can start to see through all of that, start to see through the propaganda and actually get to a place where we can make choices and decisions again, both individually and as the collective that we want to be a part of, where we are deciding things based on the individuals and not based on, um, you know, the idea of political party, which is always transforming based on what the narrative is at the time. So you've set your own boundaries when it comes to Facebook and social media. Mm -hmm. uh, but as someone who you're an empath yourself, do you find that when you do go on Facebook that you're getting a lot of this energy coming back at you as well? And if so, how I are do. you? But I do less now because of I'm constantly working on my own healing. You know, I do energy healing for and with people and I help people learn to um, not only heal, but em embrace their gifts and learn their own and craft their own practice that mm -hmm. will serve them. And I can tell you, maybe hopefully as a beacon of hope for other people, the more you do your self-awareness work, the more you work on your healing, whether that's with someone like myself or on your own and by educating with books and material, um, 
the less you will be triggered because right now most empaths are like a bundle of nerves. We're a bundle of nerves and old projections and little tiny magnets of things that are projections from our childhood wounding, sometimes from past life wounds for those who subscribe to that mm -hmm. theory. And there are things that trigger and aggravate us um, because simply we have not learned to heal those parts of ourselves yet or we haven't uh, healed the experience that we felt very deeply for someone else who maybe went through something similar. And sometimes it also is about FOMO, as you were saying, or jealousy, which are other forms of trigger mm -hmm. in terms of where our soul is trying to tell us that we're either annoyed that somebody else gets a positive response to something that we may deemed to be negative, like you were just talking about, or we're, you know, feeling inferior because we know that we're doing the work and we're not maybe getting the same response as someone else. So the more you work on yourself, you will be triggered less. It's not that you'll never be triggered. You're going to have emotions still, but you'll also be able to have a practice where you can process those emotions and you'll start to be able to separate the reactions that you have from what is about you and teaching some you something about you and mm -hmm. what is about the other person and them simply having their own experience, their own style and process. Well, you know, it's very interesting because as I was saying that, you know, with the with the work that I'm doing in terms of moving away from all of this, I'm learning a lot about myself in terms of how I'm going to be processing things as I move forward. And I'm excited about it. The more I think about it, the more this is a positive thing. It's not a negative thing for those who may think it is. Um, I am just doing nothing more than setting boundaries. I am still the most accessible person that any of you will ever meet. Um, I'm available by phone, email, text, within certain uh, boundaries, of course. Um, but it's time to, you know, for me to look at things through a different lens. Right. Um, it's very interesting. I've told this story before, but I had a friend who was a very successful songwriter, composer, uh, was constantly in demand, and all of those things went to pot because he found that he had an audience here and he had his group of people that would show up for him each night and he would show up and he would sit down and uh, he, as he would say, he would light a cigarette and he would get his scotch and he would uh, start uh, typing away. And one night he came home and at leaving a party early so that he could get home to have his audience. And he wanted to get on Facebook and it was as if he never existed. Uh, he was somehow they had canceled his account. It could have been something that he had said on Facebook or something, but he didn't exist. And he had a panic attack and it it crushed him to the point where he could not move. He didn't know how to move forward. Um, he called a brother on the West Coast who was a therapist and the brother got on the next flight. Uh, this may seem extreme to some people out there, but I will say this, not, no platform on social media has that kind of a hold on me, um, I'm proud to say. But it did on him. And his brother came in from California and stayed with him for three days. And he literally went through a detox uh, to pull himself away from this. So my goal with, and I will share this with everybody now, I will be coming back to Facebook one day a month just to check my messages, to see what's happening out there and to 
just do a, a check-in with everybody, just to say, hi, here I am. And, you know, let everyone know, but it's going to be once a month. I won't say when it's going to be or anything. You'll just have to stay in touch with me otherwise. And of course, I will still be here on YouTube and Instagram and doing the other work that I do. Uh, but my real focus as I go into the new year is, um, you know, COVID has cut all of us off from the interactions that I really need. Uh, I am first and foremost an entertainer. And I have devoted my entire life. This new show that I'm writing at, at now is based on this theme. I have devoted my entire life to celebrating others. I spent 20 years celebrating Carol Channing. And then uh, when that ended, I created a show called Richard Skipper Celebrate, which was a live variety show. Uh, and I was celebrating other performers and entertainers there. And then this happened, and here I am celebrating other entertainers. It's time for me to celebrate my own accomplishments and yes. what I've done, and that's what this show is going to be about. This is a chance for me to share with the audiences um, the my experiences in this business, the people that I've gotten to work with, the people that I've known, and what I've learned from these people. And that's what that show is going to be about. And if I can, not to call you out, but I would say that just to give you some hope as well, you doing this show, I love that taking that step in that positive direction to celebrate you. And I think on the one day a month that you go back to Facebook, you will find after you do this show, you'll probably be less triggered by those things like people sharing little details from their life. Because right now, what that would be reflecting to you is the part of you that feels resentment for not being celebrated and not being able to share those experiences mm -hmm. with people in person. Now to you, it's very important to share those things with people in person to other people. They may not be comfortable with that. Their only comfort level may be sharing those things with people through that online lens. Mm -hmm. So that would be their perspective of sharing such things. Yours is going to be different, but right now it's a big trigger to you because you're missing out on you personally being celebrated and your soul is crying out through that trigger saying, hey, why aren't we doing things like that and being reward for it? So yeah. now when you develop ways of rewarding yourself, you'll find that you're less triggered by things like that. And they become more insignificant to you and just about somebody else's stuff, which is not your responsibility and is not yours to need to correct unless they ask you, you know, to help with and you choose to do that. Um, well, I, I also want to say that if those things make you happy and they right. fulfill you, by all means, you should be doing them. Yeah. Um, for me, when I say at the end of my shows, and I will, you know, uh, to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return, um, it's not lip service. I truly mean that. Yeah. Uh, but what I do see, um, uh, and again, and this is as an, I, I see, uh, the narcissism mm -hmm. of a lot of people doing me, 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 me. And I very rarely see those people uh, sharing content about others. Uh, and even 
and something that I find quite amusing many times is that even there's certain individuals that even if they go to an event or something, they will find a way to turn it around to make it about themselves. Well, yeah, um, that's very yeah. common. Yes, that's very common. And, uh, you know, when I say it, it's every person on this planet um, wants to be acknowledged. The reason that this world is in the chaos that it's in is because a lot of people don't feel acknowledged. Wars happen because people don't feel acknowledged. Uh, you know, every bit of strife is when people don't feel acknowledged. And it takes very little effort for any of us to hit a like button, to share someone else's content, uh, just to let that person know that we see them. And especially in this world of social media, as I said earlier, when we don't know if people are seeing our content or not, it gets a little, you know, it, it gets crazy that you post something, I, you know, some days I could post, for example, today is National Button Day, everybody. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I could post uh, something uh, about uh, the fact that I have uh, a show coming up tonight at seven o'clock. And it can sit there for seven hours and no one responds to it. And then I can post, I just lost a button and 700 people respond to it. Because and that's a needy codependent thing. And in the, the paradigm that we're currently in, codependency and narcissism are very promoted. They're also very misunderstood. Codependency is heavily romanticized and rewarded because you are rewarded for being codependent if you, um, even the way that we share about things, which uh, you know I talk about in my projector video from tonight, the way that we feel drawn to share about things, we need to be willing to do that work and see where where we are sharing about something in search of our own validation. And like you were saying, it takes very little effort to acknowledge someone. But also, in my experience with the way that the universe teaches us, um, for myself, I've been through this and with clients, when we're going through those periods where we're not being acknowledged, where we're not being seen, it is very crucial on the part of the universe. It's intentional on the part of the universe so that we learn to see why do we need that? Where do we really need it from? How can we learn to fulfill ourselves so that that acknowledgement or validation can be a bonus? Where and why is it necessary? Is it necessary because there are certain things we can't do for ourselves right now or are not an expert in? Or is it necessary because we feel like that's our only touchstone, like your friend, if we build our personality and our foundation on only one aspect of who we are or how we show up, the universe will often start to pull that thing back to see who you can be as a soul without it. And this happens with personal relationships as well. You know, people get into romantic relationships or best friendships or something like that. And they make so much of who they are about that one thing. And then the relationship with that person or thing will start to shift and change to give the person the opportunity to see who they would be without that in their life. And if they would still hold themselves and others to the same standards, or if it's time to grow to another level. 
Uh, Doug uh, McAllister has a question. Did I find my button? It was stolen by a white crow. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, I yeah. also saw something from Rose and I saw her saying that she gets messages from men on Facebook that she's very clearly not interested in. I uh, And then I saw someone else say, just leave uh, Instagram or Facebook or wherever it was then. Um, I don't advise that. I would say that that's a teaching tool to learn to be okay with not answering everyone. Yes. We feel very obligated to have to answer everyone or especially empaths to give explanations. You do not owe people explanations. And it's uh, going to be a process to undo that habit that you may have. But Danielle, I need to say that most of those are bots. Do uh, That's how you get hacked. I yes. will say this in all honesty, with all that I've had against Facebook, 14 years, I've never been hacked on Facebook. I don't click on those uh, uh, those things. Right. You have to be aware that most of those things, all you need to do is click once and you are down. Uh, you've been hacked and uh, it will happen over and over and over again. We're going to yeah, do a Never giveaway. click on links no, <laughs> unless you know um, the person. First of all, I want to uh, share this with everyone. Uh, if you're looking for the perfect gift this season, gift them and or yourself a spiritual session with our incredible Danielle. Uh, Danielle, you want to tell them a little bit about this and then tell yeah. them about our giveaway tonight. Yes. As I bring so, up and actually our giveaway tonight, if you win tonight, you will also have the option to uh, decide whether you want to keep that as a reading for yourself or whether you want me to make it as a gift certificate. If you want a free gift to give to someone, I would be happy to make it as a gift certificate for your win as well. And you can enter on my channel if you're watching on my channel or on Richard's channel by entering in Empath. We're going to run it twice. Um, but basically I offer an on that page, which um, Richard has the link. It's um, my website, damsel, D-A-M-C-L, designs.com slash products slash gift to session. I took the time and I put links to all the different types of sessions that I currently offer. Um, there's over 15 options on there from $36 and up. And I have the holiday offer available already for people. So you can do a buy one, get one. And as long as you purchase them together, they'll automatically be a 10% off the second um, session. And you can get it for yourself or you can save it for up to a year. I will send it to the person if you like, or give you a, a um, printable photo file so you can print it out maybe and frame it if you want to do that instead of an email. Um, but I would love to give that gift to more people and have more of you give that gift to people um, where they get a, attunement to their own energy. I do a ton of different types of things. So there's something really for everyone. And I want to let everyone know we've got a couple of new people here tonight. Welcome. If we get a new winner, I'm also going to throw in a Richard Skipper Celebrates mug. Is your mug nearby, Danielle? Uh, no, it's not. I took the, but the photo you can find on my page. Okay, today. it's on your page. And I love that photograph so much. So yes. anyway, let's do a giveaway right now. Here it is. Uh, so this is the first one. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, let's see who our first winner is. And it is Pam Stubbs. Congratulations, Pam. So you already have your win that you haven't utilized yet. So if you would like to give this as a gift to someone or save it for yourself, you let me know. And actually in Richard and my description, um, if you're not already in contact with me and you win, there is a contact form for the winner and you can get in touch with me and I'll get you your coupon code or gift certificate for your reading. That's great. And we're going to do another one right now. 
So let me go here and we'll draw again. Thank you all for being here tonight. And then I want to tell you about uh, a very special show I'm doing tomorrow. Michael and Jean Miller. Congrats. So, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Michael and uh, Jeannie have come to us tonight uh, through Cherry. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, please make sure that you get your contact information to me and I will put you in touch with Danielle as well. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. Yes, um, or there's a, a link in the video descriptions, in each of our video descriptions next to the little uh, confetti. There's a, a form that says if you're the winner, you can use that form to contact me and it'll get right to me the message. That's great. And I want to let everybody know that tomorrow afternoon, uh, I've been, you know, I was doing a show uh, that we stopped doing just before the beginning of the summer uh, with Dr. Judy Bloom uh, called Creativity in an Ever-Changing World. Uh, and Dr. Judy Bloom has been away on a three-month honeymoon. And she just got back and she's returning tomorrow. And we're doing our first show tomorrow. Uh, did I bring up, I thought that I had... Uh, uh, Daniel, uh, talk for a few minutes while I, uh, yes, I do have it here, uh, okay. because, uh, Zoeem, uh, who is my YouTube manager, uh, from Bangladesh created this great graphic, which I'm going to bring up tonight. This is it. I love, isn't this great? He uh, and it. in bed, you need those boundaries as well. People with, uh, social media in bed, cause it messes with your brain and, you need to be attuned. I, I recommend actually, if you're going to be on a social media before bed, like Richard showing in the graphic here, um, I recommend YouTube more than the others. Now it does still play with your dopamine, but at least you can choose something. There's tons of sleep videos for meditation. Try to transition to that before you put the phone down for the night, something healthy. But we're going to be on tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for that. Uh, we are going to be on tomorrow afternoon at five o'clock and we are going to be uh, talking about uh, continuing this subject, when to say goodbye uh, to social media. Uh, and if any of you uh, would like to uh, come on uh, and talk with uh, Dr. Bloom with your questions or anything, write to me privately. My email address is richard at richardskipper.com. Send me a note. Uh, I will uh, send you a link and you can come on and ask Dr. Bloom any question you want to ask. Uh, she is a well-known uh, therapist. She will answer your questions right on the air tomorrow about social media and answer your own questions. So reach out to me, tell your friends about the show. Um, and I'm going to say my closing remarks. And Danielle, I've loved this. I hope that you and I could do this more often. Yeah, we could you, do different topics or we could dive further. There's endless amounts of things to talk about. With you, I love you so much. You are such a delight. And uh, I'm going to say my closing remarks, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. And I'm going to give you the final word tonight. Um, I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Uh, as I said, uh, you know, uh, being an empath, uh, I soak in on all your energy. Um, my decision to do what I'm doing is not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on me. It's what I need to do to set my own boundaries. Uh, I'm not going away. I'm not disappearing. I'm still here. Uh, and I am available for all of you. So feel free to reach out to me, to talk to me, uh, to be here uh, when you... Uh, and I will say this, Natasha Lombardi says, please do this again. Send us your topics. 
send us what you would like us to talk about. And we yes. will gladly put together a show uh, uh, for you uh, to do this. Uh, so by all means, do that. Uh, I, uh, when I say at the end of my shows to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return, I truly, truly mean it. This is the season of Thanksgiving. Uh, and this is the time to really go out and take care of those that are less fortunate than you, than you are or that need your help. So, you know, find out about a soup kitchen or something that you can do. And it doesn't have to necessarily be done on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, it's every day of the year that people need your help. So anything you can do to help others at this time of year, a lot of people get depressed this time of year. So please be aware uh, that anyone could be going through anything at this time. Um, as I've also said at the end of my shows, I've always pulled out a number and said, reach out to this, this number on your Facebook friends. But since I'm going to be departing Facebook for a while, I say go into your database, somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while. Sit back tonight and meditate. And think about somebody that you haven't spoken about, uh, spoken to in a long time. Uh, trust me, a name will pop into your head. And there's a reason that that name will, uh, right, Danielle? Yes. That name will appear like a, a beacon. Reach out to that person with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call. And let that person know how they matter in your life. Uh, because so many times we don't have the chance uh, to do it the next day or the day after that. So reach out with those phone calls. I saw this incredible meme the other day. I repeated this on several shows and it's worth repeating. It said, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Some people are in yachts, some are in uh, dinghies, some are in rafts, some are in canoes, uh, some are on tugboats uh, like Barbara Streisand. That's for you, uh, uh, Rose. So it doesn't matter what size boat you're on, where you are. My point is, whatever the boat is, make sure you bring a skipper along. And on that note, Danielle, I'm turning it over to you. And we will plan our next show soon. Uh, we've got to do this. I love working with yes. you. You're great. Uh, and it's all yours. All right. Well, thank you so much, Richard. I love you. And please know so many people here love you. You have no fear that as you are setting your boundaries and doing what you need to do for you, people will still be around for you. Uh, I do also want to say, um, as you change that relationship with social media, which a lot of people are doing, I know many people are shifting their relationship with social media because they are um, finally being disillusioned with that relationship and that way of showing up. Now, it was very necessary, especially during the pandemic, as we were all going through things as a world and learning things. Um, but as we shift into now figuring out how we have relationship with people, uh, even while that's still going on, because people are still getting sick, please take care of yourselves. Um, you know, we have to remember that communication styles always shift over time. Now, if we're not liking where this is going and the things that are happening, we have to remember that we have the power to change that, but that everything that comes up that we don't like, like we were talking about with triggers, comes up and happens for a reason, to teach us something about ourselves and or society. Um, even like Richard was talking about how we're all uh, in a different style of boat. Remember that you have the power to change what type of boat you are in, what type of vessel you are in 
energetically based on how you work on yourself, how you work on your own healing. Now, I know we talked about self a lot tonight, and that's going to be a trigger for many, many empaths because people are going to think self is selfish. Um, We have been taught that doing anything for ourselves, including replenishing our own cup, is a selfish act. But eventually, if you do not learn to have a healthy relationship with selfishness, uh, you're going to burn out. This is where we have the tendency where people literally burn their physical bodies out or have things like emotional breakdowns go more easily into depression and things such as this. So I want to let you know that you are perfectly in your rights to set the boundaries that you are called to do to change those boundaries at any time. The most integrous way to do that is to come to a place where you learn a different style of communication, where you can express those boundaries to people, even when it's not comfortable. When you have those conversations, you have to recognize and leave space that not everybody's going to be able to receive those different boundaries and you in that different healed state. A lot of people are in your life right now based on who you were, not necessarily based on who you are or who you're becoming. And you need to leave room for the fact that they may not be able to heal or continue a relationship with you that's not based on the wounding that you had or based on the karma that you may have had with others. So I know it's difficult to change relationships or perhaps let some go or recognize when people don't show up for us in the ways that we outline and need. Boundaries, we start off our relationship with boundaries based on the fact that we never really set them before. Then we feel like we have to set them and enforce them. That's not really a great place to be either because we need to remember boundaries are our outlines. It's going to be up to the people whether they respect them and understand them and do the work to understand them or not. And we have to be okay with that process of whatever their reaction is. It's going to be about them. And all we can do is control how we react to that, how we respond, hopefully respond, not react, and how we can then say, well, if you're not able to respect this boundary or this need of mine, then maybe we need to change our relationship or maybe our relationship isn't what it was. Um, So you need to be able to do that with both people and with social media. And I can assure you as someone who's done this personally and lost a lot of people, um, the people that are for you and that are willing to see you and love you and honor you for who you are, who you were and who you are becoming, they will understand or they will be doing the active work to understand. They may ask you to help them understand. It's important if they ask you to help them uh, rather than you try to automatically help them because a lot of us are people pleasers. Um, But they will understand when you can't get back to them right away. Or even if you can't, because what a lot of us do is we create circumstances to be the excuse for why we can't show up, why we can't respond in a time frame that's acceptable. And we create havoc in our own lives to have these excuses to not show up for people in the ways that they want us to or that society or social media has trained us to. And so we need to go about our own healing, in my experience, to stop that process so that we don't need the excuse or explanation. Simply saying, I don't have the time or space right now can be enough or 
with the right ones not needing to give any sort of explanation at all. And some people are here tonight that I know understand that and that I appreciate uh, respecting me and my boundaries and the way that I am doing my best to run my life and my business. Everybody is generally doing their best, at least the best they are capable of at that time. So if we're going to respect people and people's soul sovereignty, we can be accepting of where everyone is without needing to give permission to the behavior. And so that is my soapbox moment for the night. I hope that this has helped you. Thank you everyone for participating uh, in about 40-ish minutes. Um, if you want to click my channel, if you're not there already, I do have a, a chat and channel session, which is my podcast that goes live on Wednesday nights. Tonight, if you want to wind down and listen to me, um, we're going to be talking about empaths as projectors. We're going to go more into this topic, and I think that it will really help some of you with your patterns. And I encourage you keep doing that work. Take days off from doing the work, but it is worth it. It will help you be less triggered and help you show up for yourself and others in a healthier way. And if you're called to do any of that healing work with me, um, you can go to my website. I am currently taking on new energy healing clients to go beyond session work as well. I appreciate all of you for being here and I hope to see you on our next show. Thank you so much. Good night.